Come on, turn me if you can to Luke 23 and 34. I'm going to read a lot of passages to you today. I have quite a few scriptures to read to you today. But you will understand. The gospel according to Luke reads, 23 and 34 says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. And then Luke 23, 53 says, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Matthew 27 says, my God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? Then John, according to writing according to John 20, not 29, I'm sorry, 19, 26 says, woman, woman, here is your son, here is your mother. Luke 23, 40, 46 says, my father into your hands I commend my spirit. Luke 19 and 28 says, I am thirsty. Luke 19 and 30 says, it is finished. Father, Father, we thank you today because you're good. And your presence is already in the building. We appreciate you, Lord. We appreciate your kindness and your goodness toward us. We offer you praise. For there's nobody like you, no kindness, no way like you can do. Come in the building today, God. Bless us today. But we're here to worship you. We're here to love on you. We're here to re represent you in such a way that show you can have Jesus any day of the week and you can have church any day of the week and why not all this Saturday we're going to give you glory and praise anointed the fresh and the new breathe on us God speak to me as a learned man and I will give you glory and I will give you praise for thy name is great for thy name is great upon the earth so shall you be in Jesus name If I could tag a title to this text today, it would be the life of prayer. Come on, grab your neighbor while you're sitting down. Sit them down real good. Say, neighbor, the life of prayer. Come on, grab them real good. Grab them real good. The life of prayer. As we finish up the prayer, this prayer assignment that God has placed upon us, we are not praying, but we are moving to a different, fa a different facet of what he's had us to do. We have been talking about prayer prayer, prayer, the unlock season, and prayer is the key to the unlock season. When you tell your neighbor, neighbor, I'm witnessing that prayer is the key to the unlock season. Because I don't know about you, but things have been unlocking since we've been starting this series, the unlock season. But there's been things that have been locked up for many years, and many times you've walked past it, and it had been locked up, but you have not decided, because it's been locked up, I don't want to open the door, because I don't have the key, but I believe when you want to have an unlocked season, you will search out the keys to have the unlocked season because God wants to unlock them for you. I got to say this again. I believe God's in heaven saying, I really want to get that to you, your unlocked season. But you got to have the life of prayer. Saints, as we celebrate what we call in Christendom the resurrection week, it is important that we remember what this moment means all over the earth. It is bigger than just a nice suit. It is bigger than just, just us having the packed out churches on our local, uh, local churches. It is bigger than just the, our governing positions. It is bigger than just that. It's just not a holiday where we get together. It's just not just a holiday. It's bigger. The observance is bigger than just that. 
It is, the, it is the release of a newer covenant that is better than the old one. Now we become new creatures. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have been made new, made new full of power, made new full of potentials. This weekend that we observe, called the Resurrection Weekend, is to let you know, hallelujah, that things are resurrecting your way. It's mighty funny that God put Easter, or that God put Resurrection Week around the sec, uh, around the uh, around after the first quarter, because after the first quarter is the fill-out process, but the second quarter is the quarter in which I saw what you have, and now it's time for me to implement the plans and the purposes that will get me to my destiny. These texts have become synonymous with every preaching of these texts. Uh, Luke 23, Luke 20, Luke 23, 43, Mark, Mark 15, 34, John 19, 26 to 27, Luke 23, 46, John 19, 28, John 19, 30. This particular text, as we know it, has been called the last seven words of our Jesus Christ. And it's been preached many times as the last seven words. But I believe there is something different here because I believe, I, 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 but for me, I hear something different. I hear a prayer going on. Yes, a prayer. Even in this moment, we find Jesus in a very difficult and a precarious place. Jesus had developed a life, a prayer that no matter what was going on in his life, he would reach out to what he had become familiar with. And his familiarity was, I know how to get to my hiding place. Hallelujah. There's a hiding place for the script, the secret place. The Bible says, for the in the secret place of the most high shall I abide in the shadow of the almighty, my secret place. Can I tell you that, that there's a hiding place even in my hurting season? There's a hiding place even in my disappointment. There's a hiding place. Jesus, while on the tree, was just not anybody hanging there. This is the word that of God. This is the word of God wrapped in flesh, but carrying an, but carrying out a painful assignment. Hallelujah. He runs to the place that he, while his body had been beaten up, while his body had been ripped from the mistreatment of the Roman soldiers using a flagra that, that was a whip made of glass and sheep teeth. Glory, Jesus. And they whipped his body and dripping from blood, he yet still found time to go to his hiding place. Can you imagine the pain and the agony of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ while he sat there on the cross? Of course you and I could not imagine the pain or the agony, but the thing that really gets to me, the interesting thing, is that while he was there, he decided before I take off, I got to give one last prayer. And he said in the last prayer, why his flesh is being beat up, uh, uh, my flesh is hurting Jesus. He, Jesus says, forgive them, for they know not what they do. The best thing you can do for yourself when people are being people is time to pray. He is looking past the atrocities of these men who are who committing sins against him, and he's seeing them as people. He can emphasize with being stuck in the, he, he, he was emphasizing with them because being stuck into an evil, he was able to see past their acts. And she passed their address to him, but he valued them as people. And he valued them people because he valued them as people, even though they were causing pain and hurt and harm to him. He said, Jesus looked past their sins and said, God, can you forgive them? For they know not what they're doing. What a caring God we serve. Has there been anybody in the building who can look past the sins of people? And say, look past the sins of people, the conversations of people, the mistreatment of the people. And say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do 
to me because all they're doing is pushing me closer to my prayer. All they're doing is pushing me closer to my destiny. All they're doing is pushing me to the one that cares. Jesus knows the Father cares. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, even though I'm in pain, my Father cares. Jesus was in prayer, and, and, and while he was on the cross, after he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. The second thing Jesus uttered out of his mouth, he said, he, he said, he said to them, because while he was praying, a thief interrupted his prayer. Holly, can you imagine Jesus praying, Father, forgive them? And while he was saying, Father, forgive them, for they would know not what they do. A thief, a, a malefactor, as they called him, a criminal who was, on the, who was hanging there with Jesus, interrupted his prayer and said, the one thief said, if you be the Messiah, save you and save us. This is the first time Jesus has heard, uh, uh, this, this was not the first time he has heard of you to be. Hallelujah. Did, do you remember after the Holy Spirit descended on the God? See, see, what happened is when the, when the thief had asked Jesus, if you be the Messiah, he said, save us and save you. This is not the first time Jesus has heard this statement, if you be. Do you remember after the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus, after he was baptized, a dove came on his head, and the Bible says that he heard a voice, and the verse sent him to the wilderness. And while Jesus was in the wilderness, the adversary came up to him and said, if you be. It's interesting to note, if you can, my brothers and my sisters, as I hurry through this text, that when you, do, when you don't look like or act like with folk determined based upon their limited knowledge or based upon their discernment of who you is, they always want to wonder how to, even though you're going through, they want to wonder if you be. Is there anybody in the building that people keep wondering if you be? Hallelujah. Because it's interesting that folks don't, folks will look at you and discern you a certain way by what you have on. Discern a certain way by how you talk. Discern a certain way by what's going on in your life. They discern, they discern you because they're asking if you be. But can you tell somebody, oh, I know who I am. And Jesus did not even answer. Jesus did not even pay attention to the man that says if you be. Sometimes you got to turn off the wrong information. Sometimes you got to turn off a distraction in your life because the enemy was just trying to be a distraction. So while the thief was being a distraction, Jesus said, uh, uh, Jesus said it's, a it's a funny thing that when you are a believer, if, if someone challenging the circumstances in your life, they look, like, they look like you, but they don't believe that all that is you. And all Jesus talked about, and Je while the man was saying to Jesus, Jesus, there's another, there's another thief on the cross. And that thief said, wait a minute. Leave this Jesus alone because this Jesus has not done anything to anybody. Hallelujah. How did this man, and I'm very interested to know, how did this man know Jesus? Was this because he was a thief? So was he hanging around the moments when Jesus was preaching to other people? Was he in the crowd of the 5,000? Was he at Jarius' house stealing? Was he around the corner looking to see what he can take? While he was there, he experienced some grace somehow because the man said, Lord Jesus, if you, he said, Jesus, just show me some grace. Notice the man on the cross. The man said, Jesus, show me some grace. Hallelujah. That whatever, no matter state you're in, you're still yet anointed. Look at your neighbor, no matter state you're in, you're still yet anointed. Jesus should talk about, oh my God, it's not working. But another who was hanging on the cross said, tell to the antagonizer to leave Jesus alone. He, 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 he does not deserve what is going on in his life. Do you not fear God? He, he said, do you not fear God? Do you not know who he is? 
But the other, but the other one just looked at the outside and uh, uh, the outside pulchritude. He looked at the outside man's appearance, and because he looked at the outside of a man, see, he was not like Jesus. Because Jesus says, uh, the Bible says, Jesus looked at the inside of a man. It's not the outside of a man; it's the inside of a man that defiles the man. And because Jesus was an intercessor, thank you, Jesus. He said, "Show me some grace." Jesus said, "Today you will be with me. When you are an intercessor, you can intercede for someone who is in need, even when you are struggling." But I like the last malefactor. Maybe this malefactor ran into Jesus before because he asked for grace. Maybe this malefactor had seen Jesus before because he asked for some grace. He must have seen or heard Jesus before at this moment. He said, Jesus, he said, he said, Jesus, but when, when you get through, can you just show me some grace? And Jesus said, I'm going to show you some grace. Why? Because Paul said, my grace is sufficient for you, Jesus turned to his mind, and while, while he was telling the man, while he was in the atmosphere of get praying for the malefactor, when you are an intercessor, when you are one who prays, you are sensitive, he, oh my God, you're sensitive to the atmosphere. And because Jesus was sensitive to the atmosphere, while he was going through, while his body yet bled on the cross, he turned around and said, mother, here is your son, and son, who is your mother? See, Jesus, while he was praying on the cross, he yet still understand the law of the Jewish nation. Is that when a mother, when a mother loses her son, she loses her covering. She loses her worker. So what Jesus said, hey, mom, now that I'm getting this cross and I'm going to finish my assignment, I'm not going to leave you bare. I'm not going to leave you alone. He turned to, his, he turned to John. John and said, John, this is your mother. Mother, this is your son. And why would Jesus do that on the cross? Jesus understood the law of the Jewish, of, of the Jewish nation. So he said, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do, mama. Now that I'm on the cross, I'm going to have my brother John take care of you. Do you know who John is, mama? John is, a, John is the one who came from the father of Zebedee. Zebedee was the one who owned shipyards with Peter. And so, mom, you don't got to worry about your financial situation anymore. I know I'm not going to be here, but before I go, I got to bless you some more. Thank you. So Jesus turned around. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And said, John of Zebedee is going to take care of you. Mama, he is the one who owns shipyards. He is the one that owns ships. Hallelujah. And his, oh, his fishing company is going to take care of you for the rest of your life. Uh, you've been good to me, Mama. And because you've been good to me, Mama, I'm going to turn around and bless you too. Even in this moment, Mama, you're the only one that's standing here. Glory to God. Everybody said, ran. You and John and hallelujah. And because of that, I got to bless you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And Jesus, even in death, Jesus was providing for his mother. And Jesus was in need. And when Jesus was in need, he said and in his last hours, Eli, he was still praying. He said, Eli, Eli, laba sabatana. That is my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? This is the only time Jesus did not call God Father. He said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? This is the only time in scripture that Jesus did not call him Father. He called him God. Why can I suggest to you, this was the man, Jesus, talking to his God. There's a time when the man has just talked to his God. And when the man is talking to his God, he God's letting the man know the man has to die. And anytime the man has to die, 
The man has to say, I'm going to give myself up for the cause. I'm going to give myself up to be with you. See, every time Jesus would speak to God, he would call him God the Father. Because every time Jesus would speak, God would answer. The presence of God would be everywhere that Jesus went. When Jesus at the Jordan, the Bible says that you can hear the voice from heaven. When Jesus was in the Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus, God said, this is my son. This is my son. Listen to him when he was asked the question, what do you do? Uh, what do you do? I got to ask you a question. What do you do when you cannot hear the voice of God no more? What can you do when ain't nobody prophesying to you? What can you do when ain't no one singing your favorite worship song? Here we find the man, here's a praying man, Jesus, saying, God the Father, where are you? Can I tell you that God did not, God tell you that God wanted to help his son? But because God is like this, God is going to let his patience have his perfect work. Thank you, Jesus. Because if you don't get, I got to get out of you the destiny that I have, a, that I have for you, and I will. Not, not, I will not, even though my affection is towards you, I will not change my time. I will not change anything because destiny is calling you. Can I encourage you that on this walk, you got to learn to hang in there. Jesus had a, Jesus had to, Jesus had to hang on in there time. How it was painful, but you got to hang on in there. It may be challenging, but you got to hang on in there. It may be going, it may be going through, but you got to hang on in there. You might got to make an adjustment, but you got to hang on in there. Tell your partner, partner, you may got to make an adjustment. Come on, tell your neighbor, neighbor, you may got to make an adjustment, but you got to hang on in there because when you decide that I'm going to, Jesus knew that my time was coming up and I only had a few more short breaths to go, but Jesus said, I'm going to hang on in here because I got to get these declarations out. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So he understood. He understood. He understood. My prayer life is the key to hanging on in there. Maybe I should change this message to hang on in there. We have to come, we have come in the first quarter and we have hung on in there. The first quarter has not has not added to what we thought it would have, not added to what we thought it should be, but we decided to hang on in there. We have not moved forward like we thought we should move forward, but we have decided to hang on in there. There's some things that have arisen in our lives, but we decided to hang on in there. I've lost some friends along the way, but I decided to hang on in there. I've been in trouble sometime, but I decided to hang on in there. Why? Because I know that my change is going to come. Even though Jesus was in pain, even though Jesus was bleeding, he decided I'm going to hang on in there. And while I'm hanging, I'm going to make some adjustments. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, you got to make some adjustments. Make some adjustments. Make some adjustments. You got to be ready to move, ready to flow and whatever going on. You got to know. You got to be able to hang on in there. Jesus made adjustment because he had a couple more declarations to say. He said, I thirst. Thank you, Jesus. I believe that when he said I thirst, he was not thirsting for water, but he was thirsting for the connection that sin had disconnected him, not for what water could do for him, but what the presence of God can do for you. Is there anybody in the house today, as I hurry to this finished close text, that is thirsty for what God can do? And this is the prayer of Jesus. Jesus says, oh God, why have thou forsaken me? Why, why you turn your back on me? But while you're turning your back on me, I'm yet still going to hang on. 
up. Why I cannot hear you, I'm yet still going to hang in there. Why I cannot, because I know what your word has told me. I know it may be contrary. What I see around me may be contrary to what your word has declared into my life. But because I know who you are and because I have a relationship with you, I'm going to hang on in there. Yeah, they may have nailed my hands to the cross and may have restricted my movements, but I'm going to hang on in there. So Jesus made an adjustment to make a, make a, more, a couple more, uh, make a couple of declarations because at this time while he's hanging on the cross, his mouth, his mouth began, oh, you understood the pain. And I, if I had time to really go in depth about the, about the crucifixion of what Jesus went through, oh, you understood the pain. His mouth was stuck. Oh, my God. His tongue began to stick to the top of his mouth because he was thirsty for more than just water. I thirst for a relation with God. I thirst to hear his voice. I thirst to see him move. I thirst to get this assignment finished. Thank you, Jesus. And as he began to say, I thirst, because he was disconnected from God, he began to utter some other words because he understood. He said, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit, what Jesus was saying, Father, I've done all you asked me to do. I finished the assignment. My brothers and sisters, there's something about when you finish the assignment. Tell me that there's something in your life. There is assignments that you yet have to finish. There's a book in your life you yet have to finish. There's a song in your life you yet have a test to finish. There's a business in your life that you yet have to finish. There's, a, there's some things that God has put in your life you yet has to, have to finish. And I want to speak to somebody today and tell you, you're going to have the faith and the anointing to finish. To your neighbor and neighbor, I'm going to have the faith and the anointing to finish. Why? There's some things that I got to do for God. There's things I'm hungry to do for God. Some things I'm thirsty to do for God. And I need a faith and I need the anointing because the anointing will allow me. And faith will, hallelujah, faith will draw the blueprint from me and anointing will allow me to build it. Anointing will allow me to go for it. Anointing will allow me to have the power to see it done. To your neighbor, neighbor, oh, oh, we finna, we finna hurry up now. Your neighbor, neighbor, I got an anointing to get it done. I got an anointing to see it come to pass. I got an anointing to see it happen. I may be in pain, but I'm hanging on in here. Why? Because I got to see it finish. Oh, my God. I know. See, when Jesus was on the cross, when Jesus was at the whipping post, he should have quit at the whipping post because when they hit him with the cat of nine tails and when they started to beat Jesus across the back, he should have quit right there. But Jesus says, no, I cannot quit at the whipping post because the whipping post is not my destiny. And when they had him on the road, uh, when they had him on the road to Calvary and he put the cross on his back, he said, I cannot stop here. Even though the cross is on my back, even though the pain and the pressure of life is draining me and I'm losing blood, pints of blood, good God Almighty, dripping and, and he's been exposed. He was being exposed. Can you imagine to see the blood, the bones? Oh my God, dripping full of blood. He was being exposed, but Jesus said, I cannot quit here. Why? Because if I quit on the cross, on the road to Calvary, I got to hang on in there because there's more for me on the other side. See, because God told, God knew, I'm sorry, Jesus knew that he had to hang on in there. Why? Because what's going on in his life, he knew that God had a bigger and a better plan for him. Because he's at the Garden of Gethsemane. He said, oh, Father, if the kid can this bitter cup pass by me. And he said, no. He said, Father, but nevertheless my will, but your will 
be done. Why? Because in the will of the Lord, he knows what's best for you. Even though you're in pain, even though you're in agony, even though it seems as though you've been crucified, he knows what's best for you because God knows. Jesus, I know this moment you think here is the greatest moment of your life, but it's not the great. It's one of the greatest moments in your life, but it's not the greatest moment of your life. Why? Because I need you on that cross. He said, oh my God, it was good, hallelujah, that Jesus, the Bible says it was good that I was afflicted. It was good that I was wounded. Why? Because when he was wounded for our transgressions and the chastisement of his peace was upon him. It was good that he was on the cross. Why? Because there was more yet to come to your neighbor, neighbor. I may be on this cross. I may be being crucified, but there's more yet to come. Why? There's greatness wrapped even in my pain. There's greatness wrapped even in my go-through. There's greatness wrapped even, oh my God, even in my restrictions and limited mobility. There's greatness wrapped. And Jesus understood there's greatness going to come out of me. I tell you, my God, hallelujah. And when Jesus said, thank you, Jesus, I can hear him say, oh God, I'm finished. I've done all I can do and I can't do no more. So God, into you, I give my spirit. I can give my spirit to nobody else because only you can take care of me. Because when you get my spirit, you're going to roll back the test of time and you're going to look in my, oh my God, you're going to look over my Rolodex. You're going to look over my memory. You're going to look over the things that I've done. And you can say, here it is. I've given you all that I've done. I've given you all that you have poured into me. Because when Jesus said, Father, here is my spirit. Because all that you have poured into me, I've poured out to people. All that you have given to me, I've given to people. You want to tell your neighbor, neighbor, all that God has given me, I'm going to give it until I pour it out. I'm going to give it until I have no more. I'm going to give it until it's all released. Why? Because I'm looking for more. I'm looking for better. Why? Because my life is a life of prayer. And Jesus understood that my suffering, hallelujah, is going to be an intercession for you. My suffering is going to be a comfort for you. My suffering is going to be a breakthrough for you. My suffering is going to be a deliverance for you. My suffering is going to be a miracle for you. My suffering is going to be an overcoming for you. My suffering is going to be pleasure for you. My suffering is going to be prosperity for you. My suffering is going to be greatness for you. My suffering is going to let you know because if I reign with it, hallelujah. So tell your neighbor, neighbor, I ain't going to mind suffering. Because if I suffer with it, I'm gonna reign with it. If I suffer with it, I'm gonna reign with it. If I go through with it, I'm gonna reign with it. If I keep it, I'm gonna reign with it. Tell your neighbor, oh neighbor, hallelujah. Thanks be unto God who called us to triumph, for it is finished. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, this is your season. This is your hour to finish what God has in for you. Finish strong. Finish strong. Finish strong. I'm done. When Jesus on the cross, the one thing he did on the cross that really, one thing I really admire about the Calvary experience is that while he hung there, he yet found time to make a noise to God. He yet found time to worship God. 
he yet found time to give God some sound. And tell your neighbor, God is attracted to sound. Dear neighbor, neighbor, God is attracted to sound. Because when he said unto me, I give you my spirit. And then he said, it is finished. And when he said it is finished, the ground began to shake. The ground began to shake and the veil of the temple began to be ripped. Why? Because Jesus made a sound. He said, Father, this sound that I'm giving you is a praise. The sound, it is finished, is a praise. The sound, it is finished, is a thank you. Thank you, I'm able. Thank you, I went through it. Thank you, I've overcome it. Thank you, I came through it. Tell your neighbor, it is finished, is a praise unto God that by this time, I'm going to come through. Hallelujah. It is finished. The seven last words of Jesus was just a prayer. The seven last words of Jesus was just a prayer. He said, he was making declarations. Father, forgive them. Then he said, Mom, I'm going to take care of you in my prayer. Then he says, my God, my God, why have I forsaken me? Has there been anybody that felt like God has not heard your prayer? That God's not heard your voice? Is there anybody in the room today, when I'm finished, that you tell you God's not heard your voice and God's not heard your prayer? Can I tell you, he's heard your prayer. He heard your prayer. He's heard your voice. He just has to let destiny let patience have our perfect work. And I know you may say, Pastor, that sounds unfair. But there will be glory after this. You may say, Pastor, it sounds so unfair. I got to go through. But there will be glory after this. You said, Pastor, it seems unfair that I have to find this, I have to go this route. But there will be glory after this. For the Bible says that when he arose, God said, I've given him a name that's above all of the names. So you mean Jesus, Jesus went through all that for all that to get a name? Yes. Because the name that he got is the name that carries power. The name that he got is the name that carries authority. The name that he got that by hallelujah all men can be saved. Even, the, even Jesus did that 2,000 years ago and still the sound is still making sounds today because he had a prayer he had a praying life versus the things you do today through your prayers will affect your future we're going to we're going to right now brothers and sisters is there anyone on the line today anyone watching us from all across the country from all across anywhere who needs the Lord to affect your life who needs God to come in your life today? Because all we're doing is offering Christ to you. Before I pray for anybody, before I lay hands and prophesy to anybody today, I want to offer Christ to you. 
And if you would like, like Christ in your life, I just need you to just repeat after me. To Father, in the name of Jesus, I really want to be saved. I want to be saved. And because I want to be saved, I ask you to come into my life. I ask you to take over. Live in me. Live through me. Live for me. And because you live through me, live for me. I will change and be, a, be what you call me to be. I give you my life in exchange for yours. Save me. I, and right now you are born again. Right now you are born again. And if there's anyone on the line who has just accepted Jesus as your personal Savior, call us, let us know, so that we can reach out to you and give you steps of how to continue your salvation walk with God. Because it's so important that you walk with God. Why? Because you've been through too much not to worship God. You've been through too much not to worship Him. You've been through too much not to give your life to Him. You've been through too much not to have Him in your life. I gotta have it. I gotta have it. No other way. No other way. I've been through too much. And because I have, I come to you. And I said, take me. I exchange my life for yours. I exchange my life for yours. You are saved. Contact us. And we'll get you steps on how to walk in, the, walk in victory. At this time, we're going to take our tithe and our offering. There is our ways to give.